Does it come for your um, ears? <laughs> <laughs> which one? Which one? Yeah, I showed, I showed that one to Lucy oh, yeah, for to obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> the devil shattered. <laughs> Terry's just discovered the Instagram account Forest Friends. Okay, so it's clearly. I'm out now. Yeah, I'm just sit checking out. To no, seriously though, Terry, turn that off. Hello and welcome to Too Much Time On Our Hands, the theatrical cut. We're here for part two of Emma Thompson. Across from me, as always, is Sonia. Hello, dear. And as promised, joining us for the second part is Lucy. Hi, Lucy. Hi, Terry. Everyone Hi, Sonia. Out? Hello, dear. Sorry, I was like, I'm ignoring Sonia. Yeah, easily done. <laughs> How dare you? And he and he's Terry, as because he didn't introduce I, I himself. I fucking do, do I? I'm shit remembering who I am. Yeah, I'm Terry with my face for radio. Yeah, too fucking right. Face for a dungeon, right? <laughs> um, going back into uh, Emma Thompson, then Terry. Terry's in a bit of a state because <laughs> we've shown him the Forest Friends Instagram account, which he's never seen before, and he's lolling hard at it. <laughs> Terry, you need to swallow. <laughs> oh no, he's oh, got no, the teeth he's got, come out of his nose. He's got a mouthful of drink and he's got a laugh on. Don't face me. Look over there. That's what that's towards me. Why would you uh, point that way? Uh, I'm alright. The swallowing is counteracted to laughing. Oh <laughs> god. Apologies if that happens again because it's gonna keep popping in. What a treat for everyone. Terry and I are gonna share that on our Instagram stories so you can see what Terry oh. was laughing at. Right. First thing we're going to do is a mini weekly roundup because Lucy and Terry went to see um, an unlimited screening together, which I couldn't make. Um, I can't even remember what it's called. Lucy, do you want to tell us about Assassination Nation? I love that. that. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. It was called Assassination Nation. I'd, all I'd seen was a trailer, um, like a I don't know when we went to see something else, like a thirty-second thing, and it was. I didn't really know what to expect from it. I thought it looked quite interesting. It's about basically the um, like social media and the modern age and like our sharing of information. Um, and at the end of it, we went with my friend Tim and he said, what did you think of it? And both me and Terry went, I don't know. Yeah. It's really weird. I think the more I think about it, I, the more I likes it. It was almost like two films rolled into one. You say the first half was like this whole social media privacy and then it just descends into some sort of crazy political like weird slasher type thing it's a bit like the purge i guess yeah the the second half is very purgy yeah that's the that's the i saw a trailer for it and i thought it was a bit purgy yeah i mean the basic premise is that um somebody hacks um the mayor's um like computer files and text messages and everything they've sent basically and then suddenly the rest of the town gets hacked and they all go crazy, yeah, I mean, pretty much. Literally everyone's... So people's text messages are people are seeing that people are having affairs with people, people like people's nudes, people's intimate details, and it just descends into some utter madness with guns and swords and lynchings. Swords? And, yeah. yeah. Some samurai swords. It's a bit like Tarantino yeah, in that like way a, as well. It's very Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it's just say it was still not really sure what I thought it was definitely good it wasn't awful I did find the first half of there's a couple of scenes where 
the sort of the screen split into three and you saw like yeah. different things happening and the music got really loud and I found that quite hard to watch but I don't know if that was a deliberate thing that it was meant to be like overload while you're watching it but I thought the four main girls in it were really good yeah and I thought the kind of commentary on like how much you share online and mm. what you say to people is really interesting it's like you people I think too often don't think about what they're putting out there mm. and one of the things that I think one of the girls said like you know uh, now if you put something online you have to expect that everyone's going to see it mm. um, and I think it was really interesting that the the four main people were kind of like marginalised groups as such so like I know women aren't so much but there's a woman there's a transgender woman or girl or a teenage yeah. girl and then a black girl as well and it's like they're the ones that come together it's Tim said it was a bit like what happens if you push the left yeah. and they go crazy basically so it's like that there's always focus on the right but what about kind of if you really push the left so yeah I actually I thought it was actually pretty good I was pleasantly surprised I think there was a very strange like end credits as well where it just turned into a marching I band I love that it was amazing but you're watching and you're thinking like what's going to happen is this marching band going to get like machine gunned down or something <laughs> but it's just a marching band walking down the street and it's just really odd. Did you know what song it was? I. It took me a while, but I can't remember what it was. It's Miley it, Cyrus. Can't stop. I think. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I've been singing it ever since. <laughs> yeah. But no, I would recommend it. It was decent. Yeah. Okay. I should give it a look. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Defo. It's worth a. Defo. Watch. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Let's back go. To Emma. Let's go straight back into Dame Emma Thompson. Lucy, would you wear trainers? Uh, to the palace I wish I had the balls to wear trainers to the palace I thought that was amazing and just made me love her even more but I think that's it just sums her up really mm. is that she just doesn't give a fuck basically yeah. Yeah. and she's cool enough to wear trainers so yeah. and a suit yeah Terry Terry was astounded she wore a trouser suit I wasn't astounded it's just I think you were it's just you wouldn't Terry think... doesn't Terry doesn't approve of women wearing trousers I don't approve of women being out of the kitchen to be quite honest <laughs> <laughs> That's a line I'm my leaving. wife doesn't cook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you make her dinner before you came I out? I did, yes. Yeah. Whilst not having anything myself. Yeah. Um, okay, fine. Right, so we're going to start this episode with the film that prompted us to put Emma Thompson in the hat. Say prompted us. Yeah. Prompted Lucy to ask us to put Emma Thompson in the hat. We're going to look at some, um, let's say love slash comedy films that Emma Thompson's been in. Let's start with Love Actually. Lucy, would you like to talk to us about Love Actually? Yeah, and why I... you wanted her in the house. Yeah, not, I was going to say, can I just say why I like her? She's not the comedy element of Love Actually. No. Um, I think, but that's one of the reasons mm. I love her. Um, I remember seeing an interview with her with, I think it was on Graham Norton or something like that. And she was just so funny and like down to earth. And mm. she's such a kind of um, uh, English kind of rose as mm. such yet then she'll come out with something like she'll swear like a sailor and it's just it's just so funny um, and she's so versatile I think she's in so many different things and mm. I was like when I was looking through IMDB going oh what can I talk about there's like so many obviously she's been doing it for a long time um, but I didn't realise that some of the films she was in and everything so um, I just think she's a national treasure really mm. A bit like Judy Dench. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So I that's imagine why. she'd be 
absolutely <laughs> lovely to have like with an afternoon tea with or something like the stories and or like, like down the pub yeah I was going to say like, I was thinking just... more tea and stuff than the pub I don't know why. no I'd, I'd see her in a pub yeah because that's, that's what I like about her she comes across as like really nice and English and you know if an American saw it that would be the the kind of quintessential mm. English stereotype yet she's not like that at all she's really down to earth and a bit of a lad sometimes I think mm. but I, I hate that kind of phrase but you know what I mean when I say that so yeah that's why I like her um so love actually um the reason I said after watching that was because I... I mean, firstly, I love Alan Rickman, usually, but in that film, I hate him because mm. he hurts Emma Thompson. And I just think, if anyone's like that, he's an absolute arsehole and I just wanted to defend her. And I think everyone that's in that film, I'm sure there's a meme or something going around um, that's something about, um, you know, if you hurt her, then we'll hurt you. I can't remember mm. what it is, but it was just like... It's just so sad. You just when the scene when she's is it in the in her bedroom? Yes, when she's with sat the on the bed. Mi- uh, when she's opened the CD. Joni, yeah. Is it Joni Mitchell? Joni Mitchell, Mitchell, yeah. Mitchell, yeah. And then when she like finds the necklace and she thinks it's for her, is that? So she so finds, she finds the, necklace, the necklace first. Yeah, yeah. And then opens the present and it's a CD. And that's yeah, it. oh yeah, that's and it. And she realises that the necklace is obviously for yeah. someone else. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> it's just, but it's just so good the way she does it and everything. Um, yeah, I, I love that film. And I just think that's the saddest bit. It's even the bit towards the end of their story where they're getting ready to go to the pantomime and she's like proper sort of stiff, British stiff up. No, come on, we're going to carry yeah. on. Even yeah. She's clearly distraught. She and she just holds it together for her children doesn't yeah. she she kind of she goes into the bedroom has like this breakdown and but then just like wipes her tears away because it's Christmas and she wants to make it nice for her mm. kids and she's like I'm not going to let them show let them see that their dad's a shit yeah um, I just think it's heartbreaking and I think anyone that does that to someone else deserves to burn in hell mm. <laughs> so and especially for doing that to Emma Thompson yeah it's like at Christmas yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> I think it's the only time that everyone's like really hated Alan yeah. Rickman as well because um, I love him as well yeah everyone you loves know. Alan Rickman but that, that at that point when he makes Emma Thompson cry yeah it's like yeah. absolutely not Harry the bastard fucking prick um like when we were asking people uh what their favorite emma thompson films were there were three that were like really stood out above everything else and love actually was one of them i think somebody even replied to one of our posts and said there's only one answer to this and that's love actually like what's you know what's your favorite emma thompson film it's like well obviously love yeah. actually lots of people said it um and it's funny because it's such a big car so it's mm. not like she's you know the main character no there are you know there so, aren't any main characters yeah. there's just lots of characters but she definitely stands out oh yeah yeah she pulls at everyone's heartstrings in that because you have mm. all the nice love stories don't you and then you have that really sad because she's also like story. the connective tissue between the stories because she's Hugh Grant's sister mm. and then she's friends with Liam Neeson who's mm. another story because I don't know if you've, uh, yeah, if you've yeah. noticed there's a little sort of Easter egg type thing so there's a bit where Liam Neeson's character obviously his wife's just died he's got like a stepson that he's taken on and there's a bit where a woman surprises him and he's talking about it and he says Karen instead of the person's name and like the hint is that he's actually in love with Karen mm. and like that's who he wants to be with oh no I didn't notice that 
Because that's, that's Emma Thompson's character's yeah. name, isn't it? Yeah, so there's this hint that like he's actually like wants to be with her. Well, I did not know that. Um, so... Are we going to talk about any other part of Love Actually or just that? Thing? No, we just want to talk about Emma Thompson's bit. I mean, that is like the pivotal... Yeah, I say that is like bit. the emotional core of the film. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, other there are a couple of other um, sort of like um, romantic slash comedy films that... Um, that she's been in that Terry's seen which we're going to talk about in a sec but I just want to mention Sense and Sensibility which I have seen but probably not since it came out um, but they, uh, but she won an Oscar for that as well didn't yeah, she screenplay. she won best screenplay for that so just wanted to get that one in there although we haven't she's really watched it yeah she has I've seen that a long um, time yeah ago. me too I think that was probably one of the obviously the first film <coughs> I saw but I, I couldn't remember it well enough to say yeah, exactly. about it well. couldn't say couldn't say but yeah she won an Oscar for that so she won Best Actress for Howard's End and Best Screenplay for Sense and Sensibility so well done Emma mm. um, I know right um, so yeah falling into that romantic slash comedy um, bracket then Terry you've seen Junior and you must have seen Junior no I haven't is she in that yeah she's the love interest See, I obviously I've seen Junior, um, but a long time ago. Yeah, so Junior is the re-team up for twins. So Ivan Reitman, the director, and Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger play scientists <laughs> trying to develop. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's something to stop women miscarrying. It's like to make that something like the sack of the baby stronger or something like that, which will minimise miscarriages and mm. help with fertility um, their research is like cut off their money's taken away they're, they're denied human trials so in a last sort of fleet of we're going to make this work Arnie decides to inject himself with an impregnated embryo to prove that what they've done works because even a man can harvest a child Okay. Um, and he grabs a random egg and he gets Emma Thompson's egg and that's where she comes into the story um, she's obviously horrified, hates him, but like goes along with it in the sense of she's also a scientist and so she wants to know what's going on. And essentially it becomes a love story between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Emma Thompson while he's carrying her child. Oh. Um, and obviously a romance blossoms. Initially they were just going to prove that it could work and then Arnie starts becoming attached to the baby and wants to carry it to term. Um, and then there's, lo- there's, there's lots of funny bits in it. So obviously... He's a very butch-looking man. He becomes visibly pregnant, and they they check him into like this sort of spa to get him out. Like, because there's like rumours amongst people that there's this pregnant man, and they try and hide him. And they disguise him as an Austrian shop putter. Oh, okay. And they're just like, oh yeah, they they used to pump me full of drugs while I was on the shop put team, so I don't know why I look like this. Um, it's very sort of '90s comedy. As I say, Arnie as a, as a scientist is fairly unbelievable, but she plays quite a big part in it, and spoiler alert has the baby and they end up becoming a family with their son called Junior oh so Arnie has a baby does he yeah he has the baby for Where a cesarean section oh I was going to yeah, say how does it thing. come out yeah. Uh, yeah he has a cesarean section and she's by his side oh god it sounds utter shit yeah um <clears throat> yeah whatever <laughs> um and the other one Terry which um sounds more like a fantasy film uh beautiful creatures and i read that she plays a 
uh, like a not very nice character. No, I've so, seen that. Yeah. yeah, so she plays a vi- the villain of the piece essentially. Ooh. So Beautiful Creatures is centered around like witches and covens. It's set in the American Deep South, and we follow this young girl who's approaching an age. It might be sixteen, it might be eighteen, but where she essentially becomes a witch. She she knows she's going to become a witch. It's like a family thing. Mm. But there's good witches and there's bad witches. She lives with like the Wizard of Oz. Yes. Uh, she lives with her, I think it's her uncle, who's Jeremy Irons, who's like a good witch. And there's this constant talk of Salsafine, this evil witch who basically when you become of age, that's where you almost have to make your choice straight away. Are you a good witch? Are you a bad witch? And he's worried that Salsafine's going to turn up and turn her to the dark side, essentially. And we find out through the film that Emma Thompson is Salsafine. And when she's in a human form... Seraphine. Well, Okay, seraphine. <laughs> that's something, isn't it? That's petrol, isn't it? You um, just think it's salsafine because it's food. <laughs> I like salsafine. Like, no, salsa's like sal- like oh, a sauce. I'm making up my own <laughs> yeah. food stuff. Um, so yeah, so when she's in like to everyone else, she's like this quaint little woman who I think she runs a tea shop. Like the proper sort of little white gloves. Everyone loves her, but she's t- trying to tempt this girl to the dark side. It's a proper sort of Twilight film, but with witches. It's not awful. I, I think it was better than I was expecting yeah. it to be. Yeah, Jen really it's, likes it, and yeah, I, I didn't hate bad. it. Yeah. But yeah, very different character for Emma Thompson. Say so she is the villain. I think it was a book. It's yeah. like one of these, yeah, like teen. Yeah. yeah. It stars um, Alden Ehrenreich, who played Han Solo in the Han Solo film, as the male of interest. Interesting. Um... Okay, so moving on, then, we're going to look at a little group of um, films here. Terry, this is one of your favourites, also one of my favourites, too, because um, she's played an author twice of the of the films that we've seen, anyway. Mm. Um, Terry, can you tell us about the film Stranger Than Fiction? So, yeah, so I saw this film many, many moons ago and then I rewatched it for the pod. Because handily, it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Um, but, so, <clears throat> the film mainly stars Will Ferrell, although Emma Thompson is in it in a much bigger role than mm. a lot of other ones. So, Will Ferrell is Harold Crick, who is a boring man with a boring job, who does the same thing day in, day out. We start watching the film and there's Emma Thompson narrating over the top, talking about him brushing his teeth, the amount of steps he takes to work. All of a sudden, Will Ferrell starts to hear this narration and he's just stood in the street and he said to me, can you hear that? Can you hear that woman talking? And she's narrating his life and at first he thinks he's going mad, but then she starts saying things that only he could know about how he hates his job, how he hates certain people in his office and things that he's thinking. Um, and it's basically his quest to find out what the fuck's going on. And we basically find out that Emma Thompson is a writer who is writing a novel called Death and Taxes about a man called Harold Crick. And essentially she is writing his life. And then we also find out that he's not long for this world and he's imminently going to die, though it is not given a specific specific time. And it's him going through... But why is he imminently going to die? Because of his watch. But why? Why are you saying I don't know what you mean? Because she she that's how she writes her stories. Oh yeah, so she, she writes yeah. tragedies. She she writes heroes and she kills them off. That's what she's <clears> known <throat> for as an author. Um, 
he seeks medical help with a counsellor and they sort of brush him off as just being a nutter and he's like no 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 I'm fine and then he goes and sees a literary professor played by Dustin Hoffman who at first doesn't believe him but then he says that one of the things the author said was little did he know and this sparks Dustin Hoffman into life and he basically starts to believe him and tries to help him find out what's going on all amongst which so Will Ferrell is a IRA tax inspector and he goes to this little bakery to investigate which is owned what's by IRA? Ma- not IRA IRS I was going to say he's what? <laughs> I was watching a different film <laughs> yeah, he's in the IRA but he's a tax man yeah yeah the IRS apologies um, and he's inspecting Maggie Gyllenhaal's taxes and a bit of a romance starts to be I was going to say he's inspe- inspecting a bit more than that <laughs> he, he is giving a very thorough inspection which I don't think would be approved of by his superiors um, and again it all points to the fact that his book that he is in a story that it is a tragedy because all tragedies start with a horrendous sort of boring character who starts to become to life and then is tragically cut short and essentially it's him trying to find the author find out who it is find them and try and stop his death essentially mm. um, I won't go into too much more because I don't want to spoil the ending for anyone but it's just it's a rare Will Ferrell straight film, although yeah. there are comedy there elements. There are funny bits in it, yeah. But it's not his anchorman shtick. It no. Is, it is very straight. The comedy is just a normal man in the situation of hearing every... Because there's points where he's just going back, like, he's filing files, and someone's like, why have you stopped? You're just standing there still. And he's like, if I move the files, she says I'm moving the files, and that I can't listen to it anymore. And so she's very descriptive as, a, descriptive as an author. It's like... The files sound like the sea brushing against the beach and stuff like that. But Emma Thompson is like this really, like almost down and out writer. She hasn't written a book for 10 years. She's really worried about getting this book written. The publishers have sent someone to help her finish the book played by Queen Latifah. And she like hangs around emergency rooms and there's a an exchange with a nurse where she's like, all these people look like they're going to survive. Can you take me to where the people aren't mm. going to survive? She's got writer's block, hasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's got writer's block. She's chain smoking. She's sat watching bridges. There's quite a few sort of fantasy scenes where she's imagining <coughs> death on yeah. herself like to add into the book. But I just really, really like this film. I think Emma Thompson does plays a really good part in the sort of... It's just a really order. interesting yeah. story. Have you seen it's it, Lucy? No, concept. I think I would like it's on to ne- it. It's on Netflix. It's mm. definitely worth a look. It's just, it's just really interesting and... It's, I think it's a really interesting idea. It's it's funny and quite touching, and like Terry says, Will Ferrell plays it straight, and it's it's just it's just really really good. Um, but it's just got her like lovely voice over it yeah, as well. But as well much. as like you you think she's just gonna like narrate it, mm. and then she's actually in yeah, it as well, isn't it? Then she obviously then turns up as a character as well. What? Um, so it's really good. Sorry, what I think is quite funny is looking when I was looking through all the films is she narrates a lot of films. Or a documentary. Voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I was saying to Terry, my favourite thing about her is her voice. So when she yeah. does accents, I don't like it. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, I, like, I yeah. like her voice. Um, but moving on then quickly from Stranger Than Fiction, unless you've got anything else to say. I was just going to say, say that I think everyone in it, like Maggie Gyllenhaal mm. in her small part's really good as well. Yeah. Oh, that's just, funny that she's in that as well. Wow. Yeah, she's been, she's been in a couple. But um, Lucy, you watched one, didn't you, where that she narrates briefly in Men, Women and Children? Yeah, so it said that she was in it. Um, she's literally in it. Uh, well, she narrates the first maybe five minutes and then the last three minutes. Mm. Um, so 
saying it's an Emma Thompson film is probably kind of um, a, a loose description. Mm. But I actually thought it was pretty good. It was another kind of social media type thing, which was quite funny considering we watched Assassination Nation this week. Um, it's got um, Adam Sandler in it. Okay. Actually playing straight. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, and it's just basically about um, the use of social media um, and it focuses on a few different families and the teenagers. It's got um, Jennifer... I don't want. I want to say she was an alias. Do you remember? Garner. Garner yes, Jennifer yeah. Garner playing like a really strict mum mm. who um, monitors her daughter's every single move. Um, and then it's got another do- um, uh, another mum in it who taking photos of her daughter and putting them online, um, trying mm. to get her famous and things. So it's it's just an interesting. I actually thought it was quite an interesting um, commentary on social mm. media. Yeah, and Emma Thompson literally just happens. Yeah, to... just is it? Fi- is it? I think it's fictional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there was there's one bit where Emma Thompson um, quotes the name of a porn video that the boy's watching, and it's something like um, "titty fucking whatever." <laughs> but it's like just hearing Emma Thompson say those yeah. few words is just brilliant because you know, obviously, I mean. She probably was in the studio for about half an hour doing the mm. narration, but it's just just watch the film to hear her say that. Really. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'd recommend it. It's a, a good watch. Is it on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Brilliant. Hence why I watched it. <laughs> Another one on Netflix. Um, and then moving on then to the other film um, in which she plays an author, Saving Mr. Banks. You've seen that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. You've seen it, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I've seen it too. What are our thoughts on Saving Mr. Banks, Lucy? Mm. I didn't really know anything about um, the character, you know, is it P.L. Travis? Yes. Yeah. Um, So I thought it was really good. It was a really interesting story. And I think she's brilliant in it. Mm. I really really liked it. I mean, I love Tom Hanks as well. So they're pretty much kind of in my top five actors. Um, So putting them together, I just thought was, and I just liked her kind of straight, you know, she was really yeah, grumpy. Sort of, yeah, <laughs> and just like hey, very old-fashioned. Yeah, 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 and uh, that's what I like about Emma Thompson. Like, literally every character she plays is she could play anyone. I mm. think, um, but yeah, she's playing the kind of stereotypical stiff upper lip British yeah. person, which is great against Tom Hanks' sort of wide-eyed, wandering American yeah. Yeah. Disney. Very excitable, isn't he? Yeah, I'd w- I want to watch that again. Yeah, like that film. Have you got it? No. no, I think I've got it somewhere because although it's it's kind of like a Disney film, but not a Disney film. Yeah, is it? Do you know what I mean? Made by Disney, do you know? I'm just trying to think. I, I feel like it might have been. I think it is, um, but I always find it really weird because like I like Disney films all being sort of like together in the same mm. place, and it's it's always filed away with feature films, so it's yeah. always yeah, separated it's like from the Disney in, films. Yeah, really I'm popping it in the Disney section, but. But why? Because <laughs> it's a Disney film and it's about Walt mm. Disney. Um, what <clears throat> I liked about it was how protective she is of mm. Mary Poppins. I just think it's really sweet. Like, you know, as an author, I'm sure writing, a, you know, about mm. a character that you've created and having someone coming in and changing it and having, you know, putting penguins in it and she's like, what are you doing yeah. to my, my Mary Poppins? It's just really endearing. Um, from what I've read as well she's actually her character is a lot softer than the actual woman <laughs> oh really she was actually a lot harsher and 
hated Walt Disney even more. <laughs> and was probably like, it was literally one song that turned around and was like, yeah, you can do it. What song? Um, it's not the song that's in the film. It's It was um, Feed the Birds is the song that actually turned around. In yeah. the film, they've said it's Let's Go Fly a Kite. But it was Feed the Birds, Tuppence a Bag, that mm. made her realise that it might work. Okay. No, I, I love that sort of film because it's like showing how a film's being made. I like that as well, like sort of seeing behind the curtain because you're seeing them like on the sets writing the songs. I sort of like that aspect of it as well. I really, really love the cover to this. It's got the two of uh, them yeah. walking and then their shadows. It's got her shadow is her shadow, but his shadow is Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really like that. Um, no, I really love it. She plays a really nice grumpy lady in it. Yeah. It's amazing. Um I also love Mary Poppins. I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Just as an aside. Yeah, we love Not Mary Sherry Poppins. Bobbins. <laughs> Not Sherry Bobbins. Um, okay then, so moving on then from um, Saving Mr. Banks, um, which is about Mary Poppins. Yeah. Um, well, about the, the book of Mary Poppins. We're going to move into um, some of the... Um, kids or family films that she's made i was going to start with harry potter but i'm going to change i'm going to change that and as we've been talking about mary poppins and saving mr banks i'm going to go straight into nanny mcphee because makes sense <laughs> um it's basically mary poppins um so when we were coming up with this um with these two episodes um we each sort of chose like a favorite film if you like um of emma thompson's lucy chose love actually terry chose uh, stranger than fiction and I decided to plant for Nanny McPhee um, because besides those two films, it's probably the one that I enjoy the most. But I, I enjoy the one with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal in it. Is that the second one? Yeah, Nanny McPhee and The Big Bang. Um, only because I've seen it more. Um, I do actually own the, the Nanny McPhee films. I said to Lucy, I do especially like this film because Ewan McGregor's in it, but he doesn't really speak. Oh, lovely. So he just turns up at the end. Have you not seen Nanny McPhee and The Big Bang? I've, I've seen the first one a couple of times and I have seen the second one but I can't really remember much of it because the first one's Colin Firth isn't it yeah um, and yeah and it's got that boy in it but um, she she obviously plays Nanny McPhee um, and the story is she turns up to sort of help this family and um, she's like if if they want her then she won't stay I can't remember what it is she actually says if yeah, you want me when, then I'll yeah it's yeah. when you want I'm me I'm here when you know when you need me but when you want me I'll be gone yeah something like that um, I mean it is essentially Mary Poppins she comes to help the family and teach the children lessons I, ge- I guess um, and what you've got is Maggie Gyllenhaal with four three or four kids it's a lot yeah yeah, it's two of hers, and then the cousins come to stay. Oh, what from the original one? Sorry, no. Second one. I think yeah, it's the second. I think it is four. So the second one, yeah, she's got two kids, and then it's and the then two the cousins, cousins come from as London well. Come and they're all like, posh and evacuees. Yeah, um, and yeah, and she's she's living on um, her farm. Her husband's at war. Um, her brother-in-law keeps trying to get the yeah. the farm off of her. She doesn't want to sell it. Um, and she's just having a bit of a time of it. She's trying to raise the money to pay for the tractor so that they can harvest the crops and keep the farm running and all of this. And then Nanny McPhee suddenly appears to like help her. Um, and Nanny McPhee turns up looking. They've they've uglified her, haven't yeah, they? I mean, that's haggard. the character. I mean, um, Emma Thompson wrote these stories, didn't yeah. she? 
Um, so she's kind of got like, she's got warts on her face. She's got a big wonky tooth. And one of my favorite things, which they've given her as an ugly thing, is like a mono brow. So she's got like one big eyebrow. And as the children learn these lessons, something ugly about Emma Thompson disappears. I thought that was because towards the end she becomes even... Yeah. Yeah, I, so I basically, didn't realise yeah. Right yeah. Yeah. yeah, so basically as... So she's just like, oh, the children must learn to share. So, and once they show that they can share, her wart disappears. Yeah. Oh, the children must learn to, I don't know, go to bed on time and her tooth will become the same size as all the others. And it's a silly little thing and when her monobrow disappears and stuff like that. Um... I thought that the um, example of the children must learn to be brave and I think they defuse a bomb. I thought that was a little bit extreme <laughs> and I was just kind of like, oh, I don't know if they had to really defuse a bomb to prove that they were brave. Um, but at least her eyebrows are okay. Um, <laughs> so, you know, without going into too much detail, all's well that ends well. Um, as I said, uh, Ewan McGregor's in it, but uh, he turns out right at the end and he doesn't speak. So that's really lovely. Um but there's a really nice term by Maggie Smith in it as well, who runs this shop where Maggie Gyllenhaal works. Um, I've just realised they're both called Maggie. Um, and she's utterly bonkers. And she puts like treacle in the drawers and stuff like that. And it's so, so charming. And just her like relationship with the family as well. So it's just like, it's really, it's just such a really lovely cast. I think that's why I like it as well. I mean, it's incredibly twee. And the, you know, the the lessons with the kids are like really sickly sweet and naff. And when they go and visit one of the dads in London, I find that really, like really cringy. But I think the adults in it are really amazing. I think the kids are fine in it, but I just think the adult cast is really good. And I love um, Maggie Gyllenhaal's um, British accent. Mm, she does, she does that really, accent, really well. The first one is that Angela Lansbury. <clears throat> I really can't remember. I think she's like the sort of overbearing aunt, which obviously there's a connection between Emma Thompson and Angela Lansbury, which might come we, Which we'll get on to um, shortly. But as we've just mentioned um, Maggie Smith, um, let's go on to the Harry Potter films instead then. Yeah, I was just going to say I love Maggie Smith in that. Yeah. She's so funny. Uh, it's got Asa Butterfield as well, the little boy who's in... Mm. Um, uh, he's now not a little boy. And I was like, oh, look, he looks small. Um, yes, Harry Potter. Yeah. Mm. So, Lucy, do you know much about Harry Potter? No, I just I found this old Slytherin hoodie <coughs> in my wardrobe. I thought I'd put it on. <laughs> Did you put it on on purpose? Yeah, maybe. Oh, you're <laughs> and so I wanted to be cute. Cozy. You're so cute. <laughs> so, obviously, we were always going to get Lucy on here to do um, Emma Thompson because um, she asked us to put Emma Thompson in the hat. But besides Love Actually, um, there's only one person that we know that can really talk about the Harry Potter films in great detail. And that's you, dear. Yeah, I just said I'd wing it, basically. <laughs> no, you don't. So um, she first appears in Prisoner of Azkaban, which is probably my favourite Harry Potter, um, that and Goblet of Fire. And they're, th- my, they're my two favourites, too. They're the best ones, that's why. Um, and she plays Professor Sybil Trelawney, who is the divination professor. So she's the one that tells the future. Um, Terry, have you seen Harry Potter? Dare you? <laughs> I did like <laughs> you. No, I've seen, just not, looking so I'm intense. I'm not an Uber fan. fan. Yeah, I, like, I wouldn't be able to tell you no, lots no. of character names and stuff, but I do watch them and I do enjoy them. And yeah, because she's like the crystal balls and the big, thick glasses. Yeah, stuff. it's just um, I think the reason I like she's such a um, good choice for the character is because mm. 
she's so potty and mm. she's basically it's a bit like Nanny McPhee like she's kind of unrecognisable so yeah. she has the big thick glasses <laughs> and the big frizzy hair and she basically um, hides in the tower and you know spouts off nonsense but I just think um, she's a really she, she everyone thinks she's nuts basically the character um, but actually she's probably one of she has one of the most important roles because she ends up um, actually having uh, a, predi- a prophecy, hmm. um, and if the, if the prophecy is that um, Vold neither can live while the other's alive, basically. Hmm. Um, so she's got like a really pivotal role in the series, um, and she also has one of the saddest moments, hmm. um, which is when she gets fired. And I think because she's oh, bloody umbrage. Yeah, exactly. Because out of all the the professors, she's probably like one of the most innocent. Yeah. Um she's Yeah, just pure, isn't she? Yeah, it? she doesn't really um I mean obviously she she's in the on the side of good, but um she just kind of she just loves teaching. Um and it's like um when Hermione's there and she gets all um annoyed and says it's nonsense and storms off it's because, you know, she, she finds divination difficult because you can't study it from books you know it's yeah. a spiritual thing so her character's very spiritual <clears throat> and um she's like oh you you know dear you don't have the the eye and Hermione gets all annoyed and walks out and I just yeah um I do I think I love her character in that I um I read that she took the role to impress her daughter yeah I saw oh too. yes yeah, yeah. I, did really. I think that I mean literally in harry potter there's like every english actor possible mm. really isn't it so you couldn't really have a set of that many films without having emma thompson in it um so yeah i just think she's perfect in in that character she's that kind of kookiness is there any scenes with alan rickman oh i don't know i Isn't don't think it... they're directly like in frame but they would have technically if it was real they would have been in rooms together but i don't think they were seen together because yeah i can't he strikes me as someone who would be scathing towards her <laughs> oh yeah. do you know he, what i mean yeah he, would, yeah he wouldn't like her bullshit yeah snape, because snape wouldn't. yeah no i don't think it's a bit like umbridge because she doesn't believe in yeah. divination you know it's it's rubbish it's um again it's nothing that you can study it's you know um tomfoolery mm. but she's am I right in thinking that she's she's there's so one of the films she's not in but she you hear her voice at the end or something or you she talks to Harry but you she's not actually in the film I don't think you see yeah. her yeah I can't remember if she's in she's not like a pivotal role in every film necessarily you might just see like bits of her um yeah, because there's the bit when, obviously, with the prophecy. Mm. Um, and what I like is that her character changes so much in that scene. So she's all, like, you know, warm and fuzzy. And then suddenly she gets really dark and terrifying. And then suddenly she goes back to normal. It's a bit like in Lord of the Rings. I was just about to say that. Yeah, <laughs> when it's like, you know, that kind of thing. It's all... She comes out with this really dark prophecy. And then she's like, ooh... Sorry, how so much she's blacked out. Yeah, she didn't know. It, so was, it's it like, was quite interesting. Oh my God, yeah, she actually, she told actually one. had like. So, what I like, what I love about the character is like, people, a lot of people sort of like poo poo what she's doing. So Hermione doesn't believe it, and it's yeah. almost as if like, almost as if she doesn't believe it herself. And yeah. then when she does actually have a prophecy, 
she doesn't know or she's she's yeah. actually had like a, a vision, a vision yeah. she doesn't know what's happened yeah exactly so most of the time she's just reading tea she leaves just... and making stuff up mm. and yeah the actual time she does have uh, a vision she doesn't even know so mm. it's it that's why i think it's so funny she she's the one character that has the big prophecy mm. um or reveals the big prophecy to harry yeah she's oblivious to it yeah um, but really, really well played, and almost unrecognizable. A bit like Nanny McPhee, where she's kind of unrecognizable. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it's it, like all of the Harry Potter people are really well cast. Mm. But um, yeah, in particular, she's you. You just couldn't imagine anyone else playing yeah. her now. I don't think no. it's just like you know any Snape, anyone like that. Um. So moving on then from Nanny McPhee where she's unrecognisable and then Harry Potter uh, where she's unrecognisable and then we're going to move on to Beauty and the Beast where I'd say she's unrecognisable well, because a she teapot. plays a teapot <laughs> um, well I say she plays a teapot she voices a teapot and I think this is um, <clears throat> quite an interesting one because this is one of mine and Terry's uh, favourite Disney films is Beauty and the Beast mine the too the original yeah. Um, and uh, Mrs. Potts is a very iconic character yeah, with Angela a very Lansbury, with a very the very iconic voice as well of Mrs. Potts, and I think they're very big. Um, you wouldn't they wouldn't be shoes to fill. What would they be? Um, well, Sources to, to fill. Yeah, yeah, yeah a very big saucer to fill. Um, to sort of go from Angela Lansbury's Mrs. Potts to um, well, Emma Thompson's Mrs. Potts, yeah. um, and I think it's. It's perfect. I'm not overly keen on the cockney that she puts on for it. Oh. I think it would have been nicer had she just gone for her voice. I really like it. No, I, th- I think she's really good. I personally don't think she's as good as Angela Lansbury, especially the song. I think no. Angela Lansbury's got a better singing voice. Yeah, I don't think the singing is great, but... And I also, I mean, this is really Emma's fault, but I don't like the look of Mrs. Potts in the thing because her eyes are like on the same side, whereas in the cartoon they're like in the middle. You know, teapots don't really have faces. I don't know, they? Okay. <laughs> but it just doesn't look right. With they're the, on the, the side. What like Peppa Pig? Yeah, I'm sure that because I remember watching. I'm gonna it have to like... look up a picture now because that sounds terrifying. <laughs> I love Peppa Pig. <laughs> Let's I'll not do. Get, let's not go into Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig can't whistle. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. I was telling it? someone about it the other day. I was telling my brother. <laughs> you just put your lips together and blow. I'll show you the clip. It's amazing. <laughs> like Peppa's just Tim having none of it. it. To me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's sassy as <clears throat> fuck. Basically. basically, Lucy Lamb mugs Peppa right off, and um, <laughs> Peppa just hangs up on her. But it's awesome. It's so good the way she does it. I'll have to play it to you. Um, yeah, I really, I really well. I love Beauty and the Beast anyway. I love both mm. versions and I think she makes a solid Mrs. No, Potts. I think she's really good. <clears throat> she gave me tingles when I watched it. When when she sings... Ta- I mean, I know... I think part of it was because I love Beauty and the Beast mm. and seeing it remade on the big screen. But I really love Emma Thompson. I think she was perfect for it. Did you watch... Just moving away slightly from um, the Emma Thompson we're just and just talking about Beauty and the Beast. Did you watch it in IMAX, Lucy? Um, yes, I think so. When they do the whole um, "Be Our Guest," yeah, yeah, sequence, um, it was just like I, ne- I nearly cried. So amazing! And in fact, I did cry because I, I, I honestly love Beauty and the Beast, and mm. I, I really liked the new one. I know, I know we're going off on a tangent, but I mm. really liked the new one, and I liked the addition of the Beast song mm. um, and everything. I don't think it was as good as the first one. I don't think it could be, mm. um, but I was pleasantly surprised. Oh yeah, she is slightly terrifying in yeah. the new one, isn't she? Let's have a look. 
So I see what oh. you mean. So that it was on her she eyes are on the on. side yeah. um, of the teapot. <laughs> so she's basically so it's like, like a she crab. shuffles around. Yeah. yeah, that is a bit weird. Yeah, but I I'm, guess because it looks like a classic teapot, whereas the one in the, you know, looks like a china teapot. Yeah, I've I'd never noticed that, and I would not have noticed Chips that. Chips a little bit scary out. as well. Yeah. To be fair, yeah, just that. It's a very good film, yeah. the remake, it's no, but I just don't understand it's why. It's no cartoon Mrs. Potts, is no, it? I just don't know why they did it. I know Disney are doing it because they're making it wrong. Oh, oh, they're doing it to all of them, though. Have you seen the Dumbo trailer? I was about that to say. looks very good. Yeah. I have not. It looks very, very good. Tim Burton. That's going to make Ooh. me cry. Yeah. How about that, eh? Um, right, then. And just, just very quickly, then, Terry, moving on from... Um, Beauty and the Beast, because I think you've watched this recently, Treasure Planet. Yes, so I'd not seen this before, um, so I thought I'd pop this on. I've never seen a Treasure Island film either, and as I understand it, this is basically Treasure Island in space. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's got quite a stellar cast. It's got Emma Thompson, obviously. It's got um, David she... Hyde Pierce. It's got um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, oh, got... it's quite old, isn't it? Yeah, it's like early noughties I think I, um, I remember buying it when it came out I didn't go and see it at the cinema but I bought it because now I buy all the Disney mm. stuff but I, I probably haven't seen it since it came out on DVD mm. well I pushed the boat I got it from Kex for £3 wow on DVD yeah that's still quite if you I'd like I know £3 for a DVD is not a lot of money but for Kex it is oh for Kex that's pushing the boat right out mm. um, but no I really enjoyed it it's it's a very early sort of take on the computer generated mixed with the animated mm. and it doesn't stand up very well in that regard it looks has it got the pink blobby thing in it yes yeah that like turns into things mm. um, but essentially you've got this place called treasure planet that is the stuff of tough stuff of legend that people want to find because it's full of treasure surprisingly with the name like treasure planet uh, and joseph gordon levitt's character dreams of being an explorer his mum runs a tavern one day a man appears his ship's smashed to pieces his spaceship sorry because it's all set in space um and falls down and he's saying to i can't remember his character's name joseph gordon like like, you must protect this you must protect this and then he dies and then people turn up trying to find it and he does a runner and basically he's got the coordinates to treasure planet so him and david hyde pierce set off on a quest to go and find treasure planet and david hyde pierce hires a captain of a ship played by emma thompson she's like a cat and oh yeah, I remember. And like yeah. a ragtag group of people to go, and they set off for Treasure Planet. And essentially, one of the guys, essentially everyone else in the crew, other than Emma Thompson and her first mate, are these pirates that want to steal the map and try to steal it earlier on. Um, it no, sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's a, a kids' it's a cartoon film. for yeah. children. Yeah, I know. <laughs> In a sort of change to your standard Disney love interest film, so this is like a father-son love story. So you've got the main villain who's just trying to keep Joseph Gordon-Levitt's characters like happy, tired, so that they can sort of go about their business. They end up having like this sort of bonding montage where he's showing him how to tie knots. He takes him out on the boat, shows him how to, and he starts to become conflicted about doing over 
are you laughing at? <laughs> Sorry, it's because it's getting late and I thought you said bondage montage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this father and son love the story. U-rated, <laughs> <bondage montage. laughs> yeah. The U-rated Disney late, cartoon <laughs> with the bondage montage. Imagine it, yeah. To be fair, he does have a multi-purpose metal arm. <laughs> Um, <laughs> maybe there's a fisting application on it. Like that time. I'd ruin it. Um, and yeah, so essentially, it's them trying to find the planet, and then the mutiny happens, and they steal the plans. And yeah, without going into too much more detail, but it's it's your typical Disney. It's really nice. It's funny. There's a again, there's a mixture of like proper pop songs in this, which you don't get often with a Disney film. It's normally just like classical music I thought there are one of the montages has like a pop song over it which was quite a strange thing to see but it's not, I don't I don't consider it like a typical Disney film oh, though classic, I was gonna no. say I'd never <coughs> heard I think, I think it is I a Disney I think it is a Disney classic it is a Disney classic but it's not when you it's think not of one of the classics yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not like Snow White is it no um but well, I, re- I remember thinking it was okay yeah thoroughly enjoyed Daisy it. watched the first hour quite happily and then started playing is um is she British in it? Yeah, she's just normal over Thompson. Yeah, yeah. So she's just a cat. I'll be honest. When we were like looking through the the film, was it? I had no recollection that she did one of the voices. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was yeah, pleased. I was pleased to see that there was a Disney film on the list, and I would love to have mm. had time to watch that because obviously I've just got it upstairs. Well, two Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, but I've seen that recently. Yeah. I see Beauty and the Beast quite a lot. But yeah, no, she's like the proper prim, prim and proper English up, stiff up, a stiff up lip again. English like cat. Captain. I like yeah. that she's a cat. Yeah. yeah, that's convinced me. I'll watch it. Yeah, you should look look up a picture of her. It's yeah. pretty cool. Um, sweet, right? Any any others that we've missed? Anything obvious? I've seen what for kids' films or oh, any any films that where she's been I, I a reasonable you, big part in it. I don't know if you've seen. Um, or mentioned it in the first one but um, I saw a long time ago an, ad- an education oh yeah now yeah I don't remember it well I wanted to watch it this week um, but I don't remember because I don't remember it well enough but I remember it being really good it's got I think it's Ed- Carrie Mulligan yeah, in, in the lead yeah, for that, I think, yeah it's sure. like set in the 60s who Carrie or yeah. okay um, but yeah that's I although I can't remember it well enough I would definitely recommend it and I will be yeah. rewatching. I, d- I did have a copy of it but in the, in the move I don't know which house it's in it's either in here somewhere yeah I had a copy as well or it's uh, yeah or it's in the it old house blue somewhere case. yeah 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 it's missing it has got yeah. a blue case um, but yeah it's somewhere and when we get our hands on it we'll give it another mm. ruddy good watch I remember it being a bit of an awards botherer it was a nominated <laughs> awards botherer yeah um, <clears throat> Um, there was a few films that I um, I've seen recently, and a and a TV bit that I wanted to mention where she plays very bit parts, but I think the films are worth look mm-hmm. worth a look. So I watched Burnt with um, that was Bradders, yeah, Bradley Cooper. I didn't get around to it. I only yeah. watched that last night, and then it was like nine o'clock, and I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> so Burnt is about um, uh, Bradley Cooper plays a chef who's basically he lost his job because he became a drug addict and he just well like went off the rails basically and he wants to he's got himself clean and he wants to run a kitchen again i think he wants to get his third michelin star and um emma thompson is i don't think she's a counselor but she runs like groups for addicts or she hosts them anyway so she's she's in some scenes where he goes to her um, they've obviously known each other from the past so you know it's not an Emma Thompson film it's a Bradley Cooper film um, it's on Netflix it's easily accessible um, and I really liked it and I thought because he plays a very like angry um, 
arrogant chef and I thought to myself oh is he's um maybe he's based on um Ramsey Gordon Ramsay I was telling my brother about it because my brother's a chef and he said oh no he's probably based on that and then he gave me the name of some French chef who Marco um, yeah, White. no 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 another guy that I hadn't heard of um who basically went off the rails doing loads of drinks and drugs and then had to try and rebuild his business again and it basically sounded like that story and um in the film Bradley Cooper had been working in France and he speaks French so um I thought that was more likely but anyway yeah she plays a very small part um but it's definitely worth a watch another film in which she plays a very small part um but I think the film is fantastic and definitely worth a look is Bridget Jones Baby she wrote that as well uh, yeah I know yeah I she wrote I didn't know she wrote so many yeah. screenplays yeah she wrote the screenplay for that but she plays the uh, the doctor in it oh, um, of she and does. she's got that brilliant scene where Bridget is kind of saying can you give me the date of um, conception like that and, and she's just kind of going well you know kind of between this date and this date and she goes can you be a bit more specific you know because there were two special occasions in the end Emma Thompson's just like when you've worked out which one's the dad because she can see straight <laughs> yeah. through it it's not like there were two occasions I had sex with my partner it's just like I've clearly just had sex with two different men very close together and I don't know which one's the dad she does the exam twice as well didn't she for both people um, I haven't seen it. Just, I really want to. Have you never seen Bridget Jones Baby? No, I, really I think we had this. I think we yeah, had this yeah. discussion. Is it? Is it on? It's, oh, on, it's Netflix. on Netflix. It's on yeah. Netflix yeah. yeah, I've got it upstairs. Anyway, I really, really like. I love Bridget Jones. Anyway, but um, I really, really liked her little turn in that. And then the other little turn, which um, we covered in um, Comfort Films. She's in Men in Black Three. She plays Agent yeah. O. She replaced she's uh, also Z. Also, new one they're making as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was going to um, mention that if you hadn't. Heard. And she, yeah, she. Uh, yeah, she's obviously that it's it's not an Emma Thompson film, but I think she's she's really good um as the agent in that. And then the the one of the first things I saw on IMDB and I, it was one of those things where I was just like, Oh god, why didn't I think of that? Um possibly my favourite young ones episode, Bambi, uh when they go on university challenge, they've got um like the posh <laughs> the posh kids, um against the young ones and she plays um miss money sterling and um she's got she's just like this really like posh and she's got this really funny voice and i think on the other t- so on her team i think hugh laurie's in the team i think stephen ben Fryer, yeah probably stephen fry maybe like ben elton like make up the team of these like posh wankers from this school and they're just kind of like nah, you know and she's got loads of money um and she's just like there in a fur coat drinking champagne and it's just yeah it's just a funny little bit um, in the episode but yeah she's really really cool in it um, but yeah they're my little um, I've just remembered another one as well bit parts slash worth a look what else have you got Terry so there was the Mayowitz story which is a oh, Netflix original yeah. sorry Terry I've written that yeah, down I completely I? forgot as well because she's drawn a, an arrow she's a small part in that film <laughs> she plays Maureen yeah she plays Maureen uh, so this film is say the Mayowitz story it's like it's Ben Stiller th- in it Yes, it's Ben Stiller, Adam Sandler again in a serious role with a moustache. And, um, um, and Dustin Hoffman. Oh, is it Dustin Hoffman? Yeah, so Dustin Hoffman is the... I thought it looked the... like... Um... Anyway, carry on. I thought it looked yeah, like Dustin Hoffman else. is like the patriarch of this family. You've got Ben Stiller, Adam Sandler, and then I forget the name of the woman. Janet is the character's name. They're his three children by three different partners. And he's now with Maureen, played by Emma Thompson, who is his fourth wife. Hmm. And not that... She's a bit of a hippie. She's got big old hair. She's barely in it. So he's a sculptor who's sort of never really been big in the art world, but likes to think that he's he's one of those really sort of old school patriarchs where like 
He doesn't say he's proud of his kids. He's very vocal in like you're a disappointment. Like Adam Sandler gave up work to raise his daughter, and he's just like, like you're useless. Like you don't even do anything. Um, ben Stiller, he like pins all his hopes on because he's a successful businessman, but he's almost been crushed by this positivity that he's had, and none of them seem to like him. And he has a bout of ill health, and it's like the three of them coming back together, and they all end up staying around Maureen's house. She's a very poor cook. <clears throat> um, a lot of the scenes is her making something and them all just sort of going like mmm lovely she makes shark stew Ugh. <laughs> um, but yeah it's, it's a really good film actually I was I went into it sort of still in expectation because I don't really rate Adam Sandler as an actor certainly recently some of the comedy stuff he did back in the day like Happy Gilmore is obviously amazing I um when I saw it I actually thought it was from the title I thought it was a collection of short stories so that's what I thought it was but it basically you've it's split into like four so mm. it's each child has like a segment so Adam Sandler Ben Stiller and Janet Ben's um, Adam Sandler's daughter who's like a bit more grown up has one and then there's the segment with Dustin Hoffman and then a segment with like all of it happening so it's sort of split in a way mm. but it's not like completely separate they're all like connected by this family but yeah I'd recommend watching it it's about two hours long but Ugh. it's like a proper sort of serious drama but like we can watch you know, that over that's five why, nights yeah that's yeah. why I didn't watch it we um it was on Netflix and we both kept like looking at it but like we didn't really believe that Emma Thompson was in it and then we looked it up on IMDb and like oh she's actually in it oh but yeah. it's really long is it heavy going no no it's quite it's just like the, the you know the picture of so it it, it does just looked look like, like it was intense some, and it, it was two like, hours it looked like a documentary yeah it looks like it's going to be some really drab like <laughs> yeah. child abuse or something but it it's not looked, it's just no. he's just not a very nice dad and he's not a very nice person but it's like his family like they still love him because of it mm. even that well not because of it they love him in spite of it mm. but yeah so she's barely in it but it is a very good film can I go off Emma Thompson topic and go back to Weekly Roundup, which we did at the start of the last episode. Have you remembered um, something you've watched? Yes, that Lucy has also watched, and yeah. I forget it all the time. Is this what I was meant to remind you about? No, that was the Young Ones episode. Oh, what did we watch? Um, but it's because I can't put it on Letterboxd. Lucy and I finally finished The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah, that's no the only spoilers, thing I could think of. Yeah. Yeah. You've not watched it at all? <gasps> it's no. so good. Uh, Dan, Dan's binged on it. Um, I basically want to wait till I know I can just run at it. I don't want to be doing episodes here and there. Well, mind you, we did episodes here and there. Yeah, we watched I mean, it over we a good it. few weeks. Yeah, but, but we watched it. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Maybe. Yeah, we did power through it quite well. I, think. Um, I thought the the final episode was the weakest. Yeah, um, yeah. Is episode five or six, which is like the strongest? I think it's episode five. I don't yeah, I think it's it. five. Yeah, um, but um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people listening have watched the Haunting of Hill House. I would strongly recommend if you haven't to watch it. Um, I personally think it's one of the best things I've seen on TV in years maybe probably since Stranger Things it's like the best sort of like original series like that yeah. and obviously there have been two film versions of it before oh, both it, called The Haunting is it based on the books yeah, like, yeah on yeah. those films because yeah I've seen, no, so it's based, I've seen both of them so it's based on a on a book um, yeah based is the right word it's yeah. not a, an exact adaptation and I think each version is slightly different but both film versions are just called The Haunting one's got Catherine Zeta-Jones yeah. in which is the more recent one which apparently is terrible um, and I think I might have it's that. It's one of, those, yeah. it's one of I those schlocky, it. Is that, yeah. shit, but nice. I didn't realise there were films of it as well. Yeah. Because I know there's, like, The Haunting on um, 
haunting of House on the Hill or yeah, something. That, not that's really that, close. House, yeah, because then there's Return and to then House on the Hill. Yeah, there's so not, many. Not to be confused. No, the two film versions are both called The Haunting. Has it got um, Vincent Price in it, or is that House on Haunted Hill? I don't know. I don't know. I only really know the Catherine Seeds of Jones. House on Haunted Hill is like spend a night in this house and you get a million dollars. Yeah, that's that's a different that's yeah. a different story not. altogether. But yeah, definitely this is our recommendation to you, Terry. Watch The Haunting of Hill House. Yes. It is wonderful. Um that's it. So that's it done with Haunting of Hill House, unless you have anything to say about it. No. Other than it's brilliant. Kex Files? Yeah. Do, Do you have anything to say about Emma Thompson before we go on to our Kex Files? just that she's a national treasure and yeah. should be protected at all costs I thoroughly agree would you take a bullet for her um that's a long yeah that's not protecting at all costs then is yeah, it no, so you started at the first I handle. was gonna say I'd put her in a, a, some kind of protective bubble but yes if I was wearing a bulletproof vest <laughs> <laughs> I like Touché. that yeah um who wants to go first shall I go first yeah sure so I think Lucy's seen your Kex file. Yeah, so it's a film I've wanted to watch for a long time, to be honest, um, and I just never got to it. It's The Boat That Rocked. Ah. Uh, Richard Curtis, <laughs> so obviously a link to Love Actually. Um, as suspected, she is in the film for roughly three to five minutes. <laughs> um, uh, Kenneth Branagh also in this film, with a playing a proper Ugh. sort of stick-up-his-ass politician who wants to... So it's about pirate radio in the 60s where they would... They weren't allowed to play popular music, essentially, so they would camp out on a boat in the North Sea when the law didn't apply and play the music. And Kenneth Branagh's politician just wants to shut them down. We follow it as a young man who's been sent by his mother to live on the boat with his uncle um, because he's been kicked out of school. And it sort of follows from there. Emma Thompson plays his mum, who's talked about a lot, and she pops onto the boat on one day. And again, she's just sort of a bit of an upper-class woman... Although she, she likes having fun, like they have a few drinks and stuff on there and that's sort of her role in it. But the film is just, it's them having fun on the boat, people loving them on the boat and then... Have you just broken something? Maybe. <laughs> it's just my phone, that's why. Um, and then you've got the other side, which is the politicians trying to shut it down. They're trying to find ways of shutting it down because legally they're not doing anything wrong by doing this in the North Sea um, I really like Kenneth Branagh so he hires a man played by Jack Davenport and his surname is Twat so there's, nice. just, there's just lots of things of well done Twat you're a good man Twat and it's just very base level humour but it just gets it's like Blackadder thank you darling are you okay darling just just tickles me that sort of stuff but yeah perfectly decent it's not not a groundbreaker it's got a great car so it's got like Philip Seymour Hoffman as the random American DJ, Risa Fans, Chris O'Dowd, Kenneth Branagh, Bill Nye, um, really good cast. Obviously Emma Thompson. I would recommend if two hours, it just sort of something that you can just pop on and sort of poodle about. It doesn't need like your full attention, but there was a good few chuckles in it. I enjoyed it. Cool. All right. What about you, son? Well, <laughs> Terry. Now I. I always bring along my Kex file, don't yeah. I? And well, I show you it. You in your house, so it makes it a bit easier to bring it. I know, way. but I always bring it and show it to Terry as if people can see, as if we had a webcam here. I go, look, everyone, here's my Kex file. That is file. a horrible-looking cover. Um, it's pretty naff. Uh, we looked on the back. This film was out in 1999. It's definitely got a 1999 cover. I bought the film Maybe Baby. Um, now, 
The reason I've ended up with this um, is because this was the only film I could find in CEX that had Emma Thompson appearing in it. Yeah, the Boat the Rock was the only 50p one I could find. I had such a fucking time trying to find an Emma Thompson film in CEX for 50p. Um, and I had a huge list of films because, as we've discussed, she's been in loads of films. And there were absolutely loads of films available. But this is the only one I could get. And um, she filmed her part in less than a day um, because she's in about two scenes. Um, she plays a character called Drusilla, who is Jodie Richardson's wa- uh, friend, um, not wife. Um, and she plays Drusilla, who's a bit of a hippie. Basically, Jodie Richardson and Hugh Laurie are a couple. They're trying to get pregnant and Drusilla's character is, um, you know, trying to um, give her advice by giving her like spiritual advice and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, no real sort of like medical advice or anything like that. It's more just sort of like, oh, if the stars are in the right position, you might get pregnant. Um, You know, her character is is fine, uh, whatever. Terry, I have to just... (laughs) I'll have to show you the clip before we go because Lucy witnessed me um, watching this. This I've had so much fun with this film this week because this film made me laugh more than I've laughed probably all as year. As much as the Forest Friends made me laugh. Yes. So, and this film definitely passed the six laugh test for me but only because I kept rewinding the same bit and watching it over and over again. Um, and I'm afraid to say it's got nothing to do with Emma Thompson. There's a scene with Rowan Atkinson in it and there's a fart joke, okay? <laughs> and that's really all I need. Um, you only have to spend sort of like five minutes in my company to know that fart jokes make me laugh. Um, and Lucy came over and I had tears down my face because I'd watched this scene about six times already. Um, I've shown it to so many people. Um, most of them don't find it amusing. They find <laughs> my reaction to it amusing. Um, but I can recommend the film Maybe Baby for the Rowan Atkinson scenes in it I'm afraid I can't recommend it for the Emma Thompson scenes because she's barely in it Would he's barely in it the rest of the film it's it's okay um, I think I've seen it many movies so ago, essentially they're it. trying to get pregnant she's really desperate to get pregnant he's a writer for TV and he's he's got writer's block um, and he decides he says to her I've had this idea I'm going to write about a couple who are trying to get pregnant and she's just like, I don't know how I feel about it because essentially he's going to be writing about them. And she's just like, I don't want you to do that. I don't feel comfortable. But he goes ahead and does it behind her back. It gets made by his TV station, but he's kind of doing it all secretly, knowing that she wouldn't approve because he's found her diary. So he's using bits from that as well. And she goes to the studio to see him one day because she's found out that their IVF has failed. She goes to the studio, realises that they're filming her story, her diary entries and you know shit happens yeah basically shit happens and they end up splitting up and you oh, know it's written and directed by Ben Elton yeah it's based on his book Inconceivable yeah so it's based on his sto- his story of him and his wife trying to get pregnant and actually I think Hugh Laurie had to take over directing for a day when Ben Elton had to go because his kid was being born mm-hmm. um, but essentially none of the story really like interested me that much um, but the scene with Rowan Atkinson is just what in my opinion is absolute comedy gold and what made it for me what made it even funnier was the night before i'd been at the odyssey and they had a poster or a, a standee for the new uh, johnny english film yeah which and, is also in. yeah but she's also in but i was sat there and i was talking to someone about it and we was kind of saying oh you're gonna watch a johnny english film and i was just like no i hate it when rowan atkinson does stuff like that i was just like i just don't find him that like 
funny in those kind of, like you know like Mr Bean and Johnny English and stuff I just don't find funny and the, his character and the, the scene that he's in is so that kind of comedy so I went from one night saying that's not funny to then so absolutely dying laughing I'll show you the clip when this is finished I bet I don't laugh at it now now that I've built it up but um yeah I, f- I have lolled my head off at this this week as far as I'm concerned Terry that is the best 50p I've ever spent that that's <laughs> that has made me happier than I've been all year. That scene. That so makes that's the time we spent together feel even more special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the film Maybe Baby available at your local CEX for just fifty pence. Fast in a forward it. Case. It's in a lovely pink box. It's heavy. It's solid. And yeah. inside, inside my copy, it's got a printed scene selection mm. list. You don't get that every day. Um, so yeah, that's my Kex file. And on that bombshell, Terry and I would like to announce that they will be our last Kex files yeah. of the pod because we've decided to knock it on the head because, frankly, I don't want to set foot in Kex again because they're a bunch of cunts. I mean, you said that <laughs> I've got 70 quid worth of vouchers, so I'll still be frequenting the Hemel Hempstead we will be We will be shopping in CEX, but um, not to do a Kex file as, as such. Um, because yeah, we are reformatting the show in the new year, which we will go into in more detail yeah, later. But it's been a struggle to uh, to get the right kind of films that we want, and and it's been a struggle for me especially because I hate my local CX. <laughs> I don't want to go in there anymore, so um, I won't have to anymore. I'll go in your one. Yeah. I buy all the stuff as soon as I see your eye on something. I'm going to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, I will, and I won't let you borrow have a fight. it. If you want to you borrow it, I'll just me in a fight. totally stab you right up. Who do you think would win in a fight, me or Terry? Do you even have to ask? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, I'll just push Terry over on his well, back and he won't be able to get up. Be, just throw food. No, yeah. you'd punch me or something and I'd like literally like fart and shit myself and then you wouldn't want to continue beating me up because of the smell would be so overpowering. Earlier, when we couldn't get the levels right... Terry was telling me a story about he did a fart at work earlier that was so wet and smelly he had to go straight off to the toilet to do a poo and I was recording it trying to get the levels right so Dan hey Dan you got that to listen to (laughs) soz about that Um, cool right has anyone got anything else to say about Emma Thompson before we wrap up and go to bed not together (laughs) We're not having that. I changed my sheets today. Huh? I changed my sheets. Oh, then today. maybe we will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. New sheet day's the best. Yeah. yeah. You're not staying though, Terry. Fuck no, off. Right. <laughs> New sheet day's for us only. I'll change my own sheets while Jeb's in the bed asleep. Just roll her out. Um, and I'll say it again. She's a lucky, lucky lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, then, Terry. Do you want to do the social media bits and bobs? Yeah. So social media. I am Prefax, Sonia is Mallory underscore watches, and we are Theatrical Cut Pod on the Instagram. If you want to get in touch with us via email, it's theatricalcut at gmail.com. Lucy, would you like to share your Instagram? You don't have to if you don't want to, but Dan did it last week. Uh, <laughs> now that you've sold it so well, <laughs> I think I'm BuffyBot85. You think you are? Yeah. You I'm know you are. I am. You know you are. Um yeah, but the difference is you were invited to share yours. Dan forced it down oh, our okay. throats. Cool. Thank you. Um, it was awful. Um, speaking of which, the mother pod is TMTOOH on the Instagram Insta. and 2MTOOH on the Twitter. 
at the time this comes out, they will have recorded a new pod, so I don't know what they'll be talking about. But they were doing a quiz. Yeah. Um. So yeah, give them a listen too. So then also just to go, we're not drawing out of the hat today either because... Because, oh, no, it, because there's a special time coming up. Yeah, yeah, but I wanted to pick something out of the hat. You can pick something out of the hat as long as the subject is... <laughs> Christmas! Yeah. Christmas films! All right, that's fine, I like Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so quick, just a quick yes or no answer. Is Die Hard a Christmas film? Lucy? No. Terry, is Die Hard a Christmas yes. film? We'll be discussing this and <laughs> other topics on our next episode Terry what <laughs> mic drop Terry well, no, I was going to say do we want to <laughs> while we're here do we also want to talk about the next topic after that so people can start thinking about their own because it's taken me a while to start thinking about mine I've been thinking about it all year yeah but actually putting it together oh, oh, Christmas God. no not no, Christmas so after Christmas we're going to be doing not after twi- Christmas after the Christmas yeah, episode after the Christmas pod so the last one of the year it's going to be our top 10s or the films of the year oh wow mm. so if people want to start thinking about their top 10s and send it in to us at the actual at gmail.com the plan is for us to put together if we get enough a listener top 10 and then also we're going to be talking to the fan club and getting them to do a top 10 and me and Sonia will do our top 10 so we should hopefully have a theatrical cut pod film of 2018 mm. Maybe. That's or there might be doing a shit drum roll. Or yeah, there might be a fight. The cats, it can fuck off. <laughs> there might be a fight between Terry and I. Um if if you like that kind of thing as well, because I know Terry will probably compile some kind of worst films of oh, the year. God, yes. If there are any films that and you I should think be... if you listen to this podcast, you know well, I'm no. high on that list for me. Um so if there are any films that you sh- you consider to be the worst films of the year, also get in touch with those as well. Funny little thing happened at work today. Someone um miss uh, read the title of a DVD that's out on Monday and thought a film called Skycrapper was out on Monday. <laughs> if there has been a more apt... I thought that might make a better room. film. I thought oh, you might enjoy that more. Just him flinging dog shit at I fire. don't know. I don't know what um, Skycrapper out, would be out about. Of the building. Yeah. Just trying to put it out with dog mess. <clears throat> Um, Dog's mark, yeah. Yeah, so if, if there's a film that's made you shout in a car park <laughs> at your friends, then let us know. <laughs> anything cut at gmail.com. You got anything else to say? No, I'm all good. Everyone good? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Pleasure as always. Thanks for giving us the subject. You're welcome. And Mike, drop. <laughs> <laughs>